Welcome to Blood Moon Milk, the astrology podcast that comes out every new and full moon to help guide you on your mindful meditation and manifestation journey. I'm your host, Aurora, and this episode is all about the new moon in Scorpio. Scorpio is known for being super secretive, so let's start this episode off with the song Secrets of the Stars by Milk Carton Kids off the album Monterey. We'll be right back with the new moon in Scorpio. The only time I ever heard the voice of God was in the silence of the night, in the arms of the one I love, staring at the ceiling up above. That can contain the secrets of the stars Anytime I ever woke up in a dream I saw my shadow there staring back at me Moving through the walls and wondering As all the world rose up inside of me And I long to hear the melody that one time played inside my mind And to love another helplessly So breathing feels like putting out a fire Anytime my life flashes in front of me I see a child there as if on a screen Standing in the shadows, flickering For a moment I know what it means All this time I lived inside a memory Daylight creeping in through a crack in the weathered scene Severing the ties and trembling Losing all voices in the wind And I long to hear the melody That one time played inside my mind And to love another helplessly So breathing feels like putting out a fire So this is all about the new moon in Scorpio, and I know full moons are all dramatic, but really the magic that makes a full moon so glorious starts with new moons. So this is the time when the soil is fertile to plant new ideas and initiatives. As I go through all the energetic themes and concepts around Scorpio, try to keep in mind this aspect of the energy Um you'd like to bring out and try to manifest more of that you can tap into to plant your own metaphorical garden harvest in the next six months or so when the full moon in Scorpio comes around. Because energetically speaking, 
the things that you plant now will have to manifest over the next six months until the moon is full in Scorpio for anything and these energetic themes to really have their time to ripen and go through all the stages of growth that you really need. If you'd like, you can also check out the website's post at bloodmoonmilk.com for this episode. And there is a link to the chart that I made that helps you figure out which house this moon falls in for you. And you can use that as a jumping off point for your new moon manifestation ritual. It doesn't have all the house info on there. Um, I do have that somewhere, but you might be better off just Googling quickly which house themes are for the fifth house or the sixth house or wherever it falls for you and then pick out whatever it is that uh, speaks to you you know I mean I'm not here to dictate I'm just here as a facilitator and to help guide you Um, but I want to create and give you as many tools uh, that make sense and um, so this podcast is one of those things Um, I'd also like to take a moment to talk about rituals for just a second This is a time of year where ritual is rife. It's everywhere, Um, around sewing and around Day of the Dead. And also, like, maybe there's more private ones or, uh, you know, we're getting into the holiday season and some rituals might be more involved, some some might be more mainstream, and some can be really private. I think, in my humble opinion, that the most important the most important part of a ritual is in the doing of it. It can be quick and dirty if that's all the time and energy you have. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but I have done quick staging rituals for friends who have found them to be far more beneficial than I could have ever imagined possible. Um, If it's possible to take your time and to take your care in doing something, then of course, that's always better. But doing anything is better than doing nothing at all and doing so with earnest intention and desire is better than breezing through something half-assed um and so of course if you can put your evening aside to really connect with the new moon and meditate and go through what it is that you feel like is the thing the themes that are really speaking to you and set some intentions and do some writing and um, do a ritual around that then awesome you know that is great if you don't have time don't beat yourself up over it Um, because that kind of creates this negative cycle that is harder to get out of when you feel like you're Like, you should be doing this thing. I hate the word should because really it implies guilt that you're not doing something that basically you feel like you should be. Um, So I don't want anybody to feel like they, you know, aren't doing enough. They're not taking enough time for themselves. You know what your life is like. You know what's important to you. You know how much time you have in the day. Um, And the one thing I will say is that you make time for the stuff that really matters to you. And if this is something that matters to you, you'll make time for it. So uh, even if you only have five minutes in your day, I suggest um, writing a little list down, trying to clear your mind and focus on manifesting the things that you want more of in your life. Um, that's, you know, the bare minimum. If you can do it, awesome. If you're just here for the astrology side of things, uh, let's go ahead and dive into Scorpio. Scorpio is the second in the water triad after Cancer and before Pisces. It's a fixed sign, uh, which kind of leads to some of its intensity. 
It's also ruled by Pluto, the ruler of the underworld, and also in ancient astrology, it's also ruled by Mars, which gives it that fiery passion um, as a secondary ruler. And it's symbolized by the scorpion. I'm going to be real here. I find Scorpio to be some of the most difficult astrological energy to deal with. It's intense, it's complicated, it's secretive, and it's intensely complicated and secretive. There's also a few personal reasons that color my perception of scorpionic energy, and I'll clue you in on that a little bit. My mom is a Scorpio, and I'm not exactly sure of her birth information, unfortunately. I don't have the benefit of being able to examine her natal chart to get some insight into her personality. But suffice it to say that our outlooks on life are very, very fundamentally different. We don't really have a whole lot of an interactive relationship, and I have this kind of knee-jerk tendency to react automatically in a way that pretty much rejects anything that reminds me of her. I know this is a personal problem and it's something that I'm trying to work through as an adult. And But maybe some of you out there in podcast land know what it's kind of like. But in addition to whatever mommy issues I might have that make it difficult for me to reconcile with scorpionic energy... There is also the added contradiction that I have a lot of personal planets in Scorpio. So talk about really being conflicted about your own personal inner qualities um, as you see them reflected in your parents. Woo! Um, Sorry, this is not a therapy session, but it is my podcast. We're going to talk about this a little bit. So bear with me. I promise you it will all wrap up and makes more sense. And I hope that you can appreciate somebody while not being a solar Scorpio. I, like I said, a lot of personal planets and can give you a little bit of insight in what the energy is like firsthand. Like I said, uh, I have a lot of personal planets in Scorpio, namely my Mercury and Venus are in Scorpio. So the way I communicate and the way that I express love, but also my Midheaven is in Scorpio, which is all about finding success in the world. Um, it's definitely kind of what I consider my own personal dark side as, and I feel really conflicted that so many of my, um, very, very important personal planets are in Scorpio and sort of reflective of my mother in some ways. Um, but you know, I know that there is a line and a difference between who she is and who I am and what the, the planets are and their energies in general. Just to say that this is this episode is not without its challenges for me because I'm kind of staring myself in the face and my own uh, some of my not so wonderful qualities in the eye and so you guys get to kind of bear witness to that so thanks for hanging in there with me by the way this isn't to say that I hate Scorpios at all I think you guys are seriously seriously cool um, and you have a lot of wonderful qualities that come along with this powerful and secretive energy. I just personally find it conflicting. The sign of Scorpio is super intense and probably the most complicated sign in my opinion. It's been represented by many different symbols over the ages, but most modern astrologers use the scorpion as its symbol. Uh, however, I have seen it represented as the eagle as, as well in certain older books and even the Pegasus before. The one thing that none of these symbols really say to me, however, is water sign. But I guess like Scorpio itself, 
it's complicated. In addition to being complicated, Scorpio is considered to be one of the most intensely focused signs of the zodiac. Ruled by the planet Pluto, who is, again, the god of the underworld in ancient Greek mythology, Pluto ruled over the end of life, death, and sometimes even resurrection. Scorpio, as a result, is really good at dragging things out into the light that others might simply prefer to remain hidden, or even conversely, excellent at keeping secrets. For example, if you are having an affair with someone who has a Venus placement in Scorpio, you can rest assured that your secret is safe with them, as long as you're on their good side. The one thing that you can be sure of, though, is that is very watery in their nature is that their emotions are super, super intense, and they are definitely ruled by emotions, which kind of makes them so, I feel like, difficult in some situations because logic kind of goes out the window a little bit when your emotions really are running the show. Emotions have another big role to play in the area of love and lust, and the sign of Scorpio is known as being intensely passionate lovers. Um, And this comes from needing a very sincere and deep emotional connection with their partners, um, which can make this really intense and sometimes overwhelming for people who weren't exactly prepared for that. And hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. So if you're pissing off a woman with a, with who is a, has Scorpio in her chart figuring strongly, um, and you, man, just look out, dude. Like, <laughs> it is not a fun ride uh, to be on. It feels like the, um, the world is ending and... I've had people tell me personally that they feel like a Venus sign in Scorpio specifically is a real cross to bear. Your highs are really, really high. Your lows are really, really low. And there's not much in between unless you've got nothing going on. So fellow Venus and Scorpio friends out there in podcast land, I feel ya. I'm here for you. I know what it's like. And damn, I'm sorry. Scorpio governs All things to do with life, death, transformation, sexuality, intimacy, relationships, destruction, renewal, and regeneration. This sign kind of rules and thrives in crises situations, which is one of the things where the intensity that I've been talking about kind of comes up over and over again. Because of that, they have a lot of emphasis on decisions that might have to do with life and death or emergencies. It's sort of oh shit mode all the time for Scorpio, which is why when I said, if your Venus is in Scorpio, damn, I'm sorry. Because it's sort of like, an alarm siren going off all the time. It doesn't necessarily mean it's actually happening, but that's what it feels like. Scorpio is also the opposite sign of Taurus, so they kind of have some of the Korean abilities in the financial department as well. They can be really good at managing other people's resources, which is reflective of Taurus being its opposite. Scorpio 
it's not unusual to see them being connected with stocks, bonds, investments, especially, especially with behind the scenes financial decisions. And especially, especially, especially ones that are made in a moment of crisis. Because Scorpio is associated with everything that's hidden, it's also very, very strongly tied to themes of magic and the occult. It's not unusual to have uh, a lot of astrologers with strong placements in Scorpio, or especially midheavens in Scorpios. Anybody who has their midheaven in Scorpio is going to end up being a little on the out there fringes of society as far as what they find success in doing. Because they're also really focused, they can become really adept at uh, dealing with psychology and uh, criminology and anything that needs a little bit of detective work that goes into it. So forensics, um, they are super, like, excellent in those fields, especially, I mean, they, they do not shy away from the idea of death. And if you want somebody to figure out how death happened and look into it, hire yourself a Scorpio. Scorpio is also really adept at seeing subtleties. Don't bullshit with them. They'll see right through you. They'll cut right through you. And they will have no negative feelings about telling you that you're full of shit. Or maybe not telling you you're full of shit. That's more of a Sagittarian quality. But at least knowing it and acting accordingly behind the scenes. They're also, uh, on the lighter side, they can be really good at um, rebuilding things and things that uh, needed a little bit of rejuvenation or restoration. That's something that Scorpio excels with as well. And maybe when we get into the mythology, you'll see why in a moment. So Pluto, or also Hades in Greek mythology, was the ruler of the underworld, and he fell in love with a beautiful maiden named Persephone one day while she was out picking flowers. And so he basically just spirited her away to the underworld in his chariot. And uh, her mother, Demeter, basically distraught at the disappearance of her daughter, began to search the earth. And she had her own adventures that were kind of interesting. Um, But basically, uh, Hermes, or Mercury, told her what had happened to her daughter. Um, And so she kind of set off to rescue her and to make a a deal. Um, But meanwhile, Persephone could have been released from Hades if she hadn't eaten anything in the underworld during her captivity. But it's really hard not to eat anything. But, and I don't know why this is the thing that he gave her, but this is the thing that bound her to the underworld. Hades gave her a pomegranate seed. And that was the thing that bound her to him. And to the underworld. And so she was then indentured to spending half of her life underground. And this is also the same myth of uh, where spring comes from. And not any accident that this is the myth that we tell ourselves when the seasons change. Um, This is all about Persephone going back underground, back towards Hades. When she leaves the surface of the earth, the leaves then fall from the tree in sorrow. And then in the springtime, when she comes back up with her mother Demeter, she inspires the trees once again to burst forth in joy and green leaves and new life. 
And this is also where things, the themes of intensity, her, the mother looking for her lost daughter, the, the secretiveness, the being hidden from the world. But the ideas of regeneration and rebirth and transformation as well as death and secretiveness and intensity. But also the themes of passion and eroticism and romance that come in and play so strongly in Scorpio in general all originate with this myth. So with the story of Persephone and Pluto in mind, let's go ahead and go over the high vibes and the low vibes for Scorpio. On the high vibe side, Scorpios can be incredibly resourceful, super brave, passionate, so passionate. They can be one of the best, most steadfast friends you'll ever have, and they'll show up for you when nobody else will, and it's incredible. Um, That is one thing a Scorpio has is they are faithful to their real friends, the real people they love. Nothing can stand in their way. It's part of that intensity that we talked about earlier. Um, They can be singularly focused on achieving a goal, and this can be good and bad. Um, They can also be incredibly seductive because, I mean, who doesn't want to feel like you're the center of someone's universe when you're engaging in some sort of romantic act with somebody and that's what somebody with a lot of Scorpio in their chart kind of can make you feel like is you are the center of their universe and they'll do whatever it is that they need to do to to get you to make you happy and that can be a very selective feeling or that can be a really scary and uh, terrifying feeling if you're not into them. It just kind of depends on where you're coming at from that in that equation as well. But they can also be incredibly intuitive and almost mystical, especially there's if there's other uh, supporting planets and aspects in their chart. This is super true. Uh, Scorpios can be almost magical in the way that they in tune and vibe with the world and can see things and sense things because of certain subtleties. They're almost always 100% right about the way people feel about things unless their emotions get the better of them. And this is, again, like it's the opposite sign of Taurus and Taurus and Scorpio both kind of have these streaks of letting their emotions run away with them at the drop of a hat. And who's to say whether that is really more of a Scorpionic trait or a Taurian trait. It's just, it runs through both of these signs and something to be aware of. On the low side, they can be really distrusting and jealous and secretive. They can become violent. I mean, they do have pinchers and a stinger. They can use sex as a way to get power. I wouldn't recommend it, but it's been known to happen. They can lose their temper, like we we mentioned a moment ago. You know, one thing that I think is true with Scorpio is that they don't necessarily dwell on their... I mean, some of them hold grudges, sure. That's more of a Taurian. A Taurus's sort of wheelhouse is to hold a grudge no matter what. Where a Scorpio, like, they'll be mad and they'll lose their temper, but they're not going to dwell on it very long because they're going to be plotting a way to fucking make it work for them in the long run already. They're very secretive, and one of the things that, if you piss one of them off, I mean, revenge is a dish served cold, like, best. I I mean, and never has that been more true with any sign than it is with Scorpio. They will wait, and they will seek their vengeance when the right moment comes up, 
and you won't see it coming, and they will take delight in taking you out. So don't ever bet against them. Don't underestimate them. They're incredibly powerful. With that, we're going to take a quick music break. This is Greta Van Fleet with The Edge of Darkness, and we'll be right back with the rest of the show.
hope that helped to bring some of the intensity that Scorpio possesses into the light a little bit. Let's go over other stuff in the sky for this new moon. Um, we're going to be feeling a shift happening during the month of November moving forward into December. Um, this is because of a few different things. Aside from the elections in America, please, please go vote. I, I really, this episode is coming out before the new moon so you can make the most of it but i am trying to if you're in america and you're a citizen i hope you're registered i hope you go exercise your right to vote i in sort of typical scorpionic fashion and sagittarian fashion too all combined in this bucket of aurora actually stormed out of my friend's house because she was like i'm not gonna vote it doesn't matter i was just so fucking angry i just left so please go do that but hopefully we'll be feeling a shift and for the better um venus and Mercury are both changing direction. They're going to be switching up on us a little bit. Venus has been in retrograde, taking her beauty rest, and uh, she'll be waking up. So we're going to start feeling a little bit more attractive when she joins us with her full strength uh, very soon. And then Mercury is going to be going retrograde. Like, that's going to be its whole own thing. I'm writing a, a Mercury in retrograde guide that is specifically tailored how to deal with it. And it even has, like, a day-by-day breakdown of, like, what's going to be happening that day and, like, things to think about and just, like, your own personal motivator to get you through that time and to hope hopefully change your perception of that, you know, the idea of a dreaded Mercury retrograde into a chance for uh, renewed introspection and personal growth. And because that's really what it can be if you look at it the right way. Pre-sales are happening now on the website at bloodmoonmilk.com and it will be emailed to you uh, the day before retrograde happens so that you have it to be prepared with and to get off on the right foot during retrograde. Um, Also coming up, there's going to be a a transiting nodal lunar axis shift from Leo into Aquarius, moving into retrograde motion into Capricorn and Cancer. So check out your natal chart to see what houses that falls in for you because these are the areas of change that are going to be affected by the eclipses from now until 2020. So big shifts, but they they might be subtle at first. Um, so for example, I have Capricorn on my sixth house of career and Cancer is in my 12th house of the occult and dreams. Those are my personal placements, but it's really possible that I'm going to see significant changes in career or jobs or dreams in the occult in the next two years. Think about what you know about these signs. They're earth and water signs. They tend to be practical and comfort oriented. There's a drive to be somewhat conservative and make sure that the resources that we we have stay intact and also to be more introspective in your general demeanor and in certain regards um depending on what house that nodal energy is falling into and again these are lunar nodes different from the the new moon that's happening these are the nodes of the moon for the upcoming 
year and a half, two years almost. Capricorn on the South Node represents our collective use of power, and Capricorn is all about limits and responsibilities. It's ruled by Saturn, so it's about a power shift to a more fair use of power, hopefully. Um, and I, I feel like this is really significant because it is around of a time a time of election, so it really does make me hopeful for the outcome ultimately. If you're interested in knowing more about where your nodes fall or where your houses are, I suggest that you consider having your natal or your solar return chart cast by me. I've talked about natal charts before, but have you heard about solar returns? Um, it's something that I'm new to offering. I'm just announcing it now here on this podcast. If you're listening to this, you're the first to know. <laughs> um, but basically, it's uh, predictive astrology based on the solar return, which is basically your your sun returning to the place in the sky where it was at the moment you were born. So it's a great birthday gift, also helpful in guiding you through the next year. And uh, I can cast them now. So uh, they will be on the website very, very shortly, if not at the time that this podcast actually posts. Um, so if you have any Scorpio friends uh, who need a birthday present, I'm offering 25% off solar return charts for Scorpio babies until the next episode drops. So hop on that deal if you're interested. The discount code for that is PINCHERS, and that's P-I-N-C-H-E-R-S. And you can get them for friends. They make wonderful gifts. And I've cast mine. They're kind of intense. They're about, um, I think mine was around 40 pages long. And usually when I have people, when I've gotten natal charts orders and I've sent them their information in the past. Uh, I've had people say, oh my God, this is so much information to take in. And I, I take that as a compliment because I want to provide every one of my listeners with as much as I can give them. And I, I mean, I give a lot for free. If you listen to this, it's free. The daily horoscopes on Instagram are also free. So natal charts and uh, solar return charts now are a great way to help support something you care about. I am the only person who works on this these days. So all of your messages and emails and notes and hates all go to me. (laughs) Um, And I just really want to support all of you listeners in the best way that I can. And an in-depth chart interpretation is an excellent way for me to do that. I'm going to take a minute to just plug a couple of things. If you like the music, we do have a Spotify playlist. It's also free. And you can find it on our website, again, bloodmoonmilk.com, or just search Blood Moon Milk on Spotify and it'll come up. It's uh, The podcast is on there now too, and it's also got its own music playlist that you can follow. And then also I'd like to thank, again, Dr. Amy for hosting our pop-up, which is almost all sold out. Uh, We have one spot left at 2.30 on November, it's November 10th. So if you have, if you're in Atlanta and you have free time and you listen to this podcast, I highly recommend you you consider coming and having an in-person natal chart reading with me. 
you'll get to meet me. You get to hang out with me for a few minutes. Like you get a crystal that's based on your specific natal chart. And um, I get to meet you too. So it's a, this is a, a two-way street here. And then, yeah, follow us on Instagram Monday through Friday. I've been pretty diligent about illustrating. And I do all the art for the podcast, by the way. Like, all the art, all the editing, all the writing. I So I've been doing daily horoscopes on Instagram for all signs that are try to draw the art and make it something fun for you to follow. I'm also considering doing one-on-one sessions with people, but I kind of want to hear from you guys to know if that's something I should jump into doing or ease into doing just I, I'd like to gauge the enthusiasm there um and I'd also just like to say thank you for listening because without your encouragement and without your support this wouldn't happen anymore um you know the podcast is about six months old now and we've grown to about 1200 listeners a month and that's a really really exciting number for me from zero <laughs> and so I, I wouldn't be here without you. And to, for you to let me know that you're listening gives me the encouragement to keep going and keep growing and to keep exploring new territory. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. And with that, let's move into crystal studies. The stone that I'd like to highlight for using during this new moon cycle in Scorpio is citrine. It's A pretty well-known stone, but just in case you haven't worked with it before, let's go over the basics. Citrine is actually pretty rare in nature, and because of that, most citrines that you see in stores have been heat-treated. Most of the stuff... Most of the specimens that you see kind of have this burnt, dark, brownie oranges color, and that's from this heat treatment that I'm talking about. They're usually kind of a low-grade amethyst or even smoky quartz that gets shoved in an oven and cooked up, and they're not what I would recommend using during your manifestation work. They're beautiful. They can be really attractive if that's what you're into, but energetically speaking, they're brutalized rocks that don't really have the same universal integrity that a raw natural citrine really embodies. And because of that, I recommend using raw, I recommend using unheat treated natural citrines. They're much rarer, but their energy is a much higher vibrational quality. And because of that, it remains truer to your intentions and gives you better results in the long run. Um, Citrine's great for manifestation, imagination, and personal willpower. It, because it's kind of a, a bright, sunny yellow color, it helps to manifest the self-sustaining, burning qualities of the sun. And it's, it can be really comforting and warm and energizing all at the same time and life-giving, which helps to offset some of these darker, more scorpionic uh death tendencies that we might fall into kind of exploring this time of year citrine can kind of help to balance that out a little bit um it also vibrates at a frequency that helps your creativity and imagination and it helps to sustain the process of transforming dreams and wishes into something you can actually manifest on this plane of material existence um, also interestingly, natural citrine doesn't 
accumulate negative energies. So it never needs to be cleansed like a lot of other crystals need to be. Um, the only other one that I know of off the top of my head, well, there's two off the top of my head that uh, don't need to be cleansed regularly is black tourmaline and also kyanite. Um, they're, they're pretty powerful at transforming and sucking up the, the little baddies and kind of transforming it into something positive on their own. They don't need your help. They're better at it than you are. Um, it's also called the Merchant Stone because of its properties and being able to increase your income and your cash flow. Um, it helps with acquiring wealth, but also aids in maintaining it, which kind of goes back to speaking to the opposite of this sign, which is Taurus, which is all about accumulating worldly and material goods in this plane of existence. Um, it's a stone of abundance and manifestation. And it attracts wealth in all kinds, including health and love and material prosperity. So all of these things really help to balance out those wild mood swings that are possible during a volatile Scorpio moon, especially a new moon. You want to be really kind of calm, at peace, and know what you want out of this new moon before going into it because it's such a, a fertile time. But also there's a lot of like interesting stuff and transits going on in the sky that can affect us for months to come. So I really urge you to be in your best frame of mind when you take all of this into account to sit down and do your ritual. With that being said, uh, citrine is a really great stone to use on your solar plexus chakra. And the solar plexus is the chakra that is based off of the ancient ruler of Scorpio, which is Mars. So we talked a little bit about Pluto earlier, and now we're bringing Mars in the mix. Mars is the god of action and war, which again, this is where a lot of the passion comes from, from Scorpio and the intensity. So if you have something in mind that you want to accomplish, use this Scorpio moon. It's your new moon, and it's gonna it's gonna be a little while before you feel the effects, but I think it's gonna be worth it if you really take advantage of it. So as you sit there, focus. It's like a little bit above your navel, and imagine this glowing yellow, golden, or and you can look up pictures of the chakras online, but and they're and they're really beautiful. I I encourage you to do it. Um, but focus on that and focus on it spinning in a really positive motion. You can stage the front and the back side of your body and really cleanse that area to make a clear pathway for any action forward. And while you do so, you can really start to think about your questions for mindfulness and manifestation. And these are all just jumping off points for you. And however you want to use them, these are just food for thought. What is it that I've been angry about? What is it that's been attracting my attention that doesn't deserve it, that I can let go of and turn into something better? Is there something better that I could be using this time for instead of focusing on whatever somebody else is doing? Instead, turn inward. Put that energy into your own projects. Have I been too secretive as to not let people who care about me and my best interest in on what's going on in my life? 
how do I want to use my sexuality for creating something new? And this doesn't need to be literal. It doesn't need to be creating a baby or anything like that. But maybe just get sexy by yourself in front of the mirror and turn some music on and have fun and enjoy your own company. You're never going to feel more confident than you will in your own skin by yourself in front of a mirror. You might not always like what you see, but if you learn how to love and embrace yourself by yourself, then other people can't help but be attracted to you. Is there some way that you can think about using your resources more wisely in the future? What is it that you want to do now that you think might pay off in the future with your investments? Or even if you're managing other people's resources, that could then reflect positively for you. How might you do that? Remember, people talk. And if you're doing good things out there, people can't help but say wonderful things about you, even if you're not there to hear them. Lastly, I really encourage you just to take some time out for yourself. Life is busy, it's hectic, and Scorpio is pretty intense in its own right. So even if it kind of feels like there's nothing going on, that nothing, I'm willing to bet, feels pretty intense. So take a chill pill, take a bath, like have some nice food, smoke some weed, eat, like drink some wine, do whatever makes you happy, man. Like find your happy place, indulge yourself in it, and really try to remember that feeling. And then like whatever the thoughts that come to your mind when you're in that happy place, those are probably the things you should focus on. Um, It could take a little bit of work getting there, but I'm willing to bet you can find it. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. I'm going to leave you tonight with a song by the band Slutface. This is Nancy Drew, since Scorpio is so good at discovering those hidden messages. Here you go. Have a great new moon, y'all.